recording. I'm recording. I think the levels are pretty good. Yeah. You might need to just lean in a bit. Lean in yeah. a bit. Just tell me more about the sexy temps. Le- that's a different story for a different time. Okay, we'll save that one for the sexy temps podcast. Yeah. yeah. Hello and welcome to the Just Arrive Films podcast, episode 22. Um, we are uh, doing a special episode this week. Because 22 is a very special number. It is. It's a number that will always be close to my heart, especially... Uh, for reasons that I'm too tired to think of right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, my name is Tim Thompson, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, co-founder, and the director of the film that we're going to talk about today, Mr. Dominic Pillai. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm really tired. Yeah, me too. It's been a long week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the reason that we're really tired is because this week we made a film. We made a film. We made a film, which involved uh, mornings that started at quarter past four yep. in the dark, and then we went down to the coast. But we're going to get to all that. Um, so this episode is going to be a bit different to the usual format. No reviews of other films or other people's films. This is all about us this yeah. week. It's all about me and you, Dom. Just to write films, making films, doing what we want to do, being poor and tired. Yeah. Uh, so... Would you like to set up the premise for Sirens Bay? Yeah, so Sirens Bay is a it's a short film I've been working on for quite a time now. Um, it's a kind of psychological gothic horror, very much in the vein of M. R. James's stories. If you're familiar with things like Whistle and I Come to You, you'll know what I mean. Uh, but what the sort of unique selling point of the film is that it's a completely female cast, which is quite unusual, not only in that genre, uh, but also in films in general. It's very rare to get a, a, a purely female cast. So it very much uh, succeeds with the Bechtel test. It does. We passed yeah. that one. We yeah. haven't even made it yet. Yeah. So uh, it's all, all good, yeah. And uh, it was... Uh, We've been planning it for ages, and I guess it's a bit like Christmas. It just seems to have gone in an instant. <laughs> We've got to edit it as well, yeah, so there's New Year to come, really. That's true, yeah. yeah. Um, tell us about the story. Well, I don't want to talk too much about it, um, but uh, basically it's uh, the main character is Dr Woods. She's a academic who has travelled down to the south coast to write a book about the history of the south coast uh, but she's obviously got some uh, emotional issues going on in her life as well so uh, and it all comes to a head when uh, she becomes obsessed with the life of someone who's in the painting uh, in the room that she's staying in called Charlotte Valentine and it all goes from there I can't really say anymore but think uh, what's going to come to you think Vertigo uh, you had to get Vertigo in yeah yeah. I I have a real soft spot for films about paintings uh, I've always wanted to make a film about about a painting and the, and the idea that a painter can really dominate a room and a character who is there in in lots of different ways I'm tired <laughs> have you ever done a painting about a film yeah I have actually but then you've you've crossed all boundaries of art you've transformed yeah. into Prince Prince yeah he's he's an artist is he yeah Tony Bennett's an artist as well is he yeah that's nice I'd rather meet Tony Bennett than Prince I think would you yeah okay 
I really have... like Tony Bennett. I get the impression he's a really nice guy. Well, how has Tony Bennett influenced this film? Uh, well, he is influ- he influences everything that I do. Everyone, I think. Yeah. In, in all things. Yeah. yeah. But getting back on track. Um, yeah. Because there's a chance we're going to ramble quite a lot because we are very tired. We are very tired. Um, so, uh, obviously, you uh, were the director of this film and you wrote the uh, script that it's based on as well. Yeah, I actually wrote a script. I, I find, unlike you, I find the script writing process quite tedious. Um, I'm not someone that really thinks with words. I think more with pictures. The, the, the ideas always come to me as images rather than sort of words in a way. Um, so I was just, I'd sometimes, if I can get away with not writing scripts, I, I won't. But this one needed a script. It did. So it did. Uh, I scripted it. Um, but I had some lots of lovely support. I had a few people read it, including yourself and my partner, Melissa, uh, who's also a very good writer. So I had lots of support from good writers, basically. Uh, That's always nice. Yeah. It's always nice. Because I'm not a confident writer, so it's good to get that support. I think it's good to get feedback in everything you do. You don't have to agree with it, but it's good to get eyes on things before you go ahead with it, I think. Uh, and then, yeah, had a few sort of things to plan. Like, making up the painting itself was quite a logistical element, um, we're very lucky to get some really great actors uh, on the film. Uh, in a weird way, there wasn't so much as a proper casting uh, method. Uh, we didn't really cast this film. We didn't do auditions or anything like that. Um, the process was a bit different to how it normally might be. Well, we because of uh, I you know I was because of my life situation. I wanted to make the best film I possibly could, but with the less the least amount of hassle uh and fortunately i know quite or we know quite a lot of really talented actors who also happen to be friends or work colleagues so everyone that was in the film i knew one way or another Mm -hmm. um and it wasn't just that I, i went for them because they were easy to get hold of they're actually really, really talented people, and I can't imagine anyone better for those parts. Exactly. I mean, they've cast not because we know them, but because they're actually really good. Yeah. And they brought something to the parts and made them better. And the auditioning process can be quite unfulfilling and stressful, I find, because you just get... I mean, you do get some great people from auditions, but a lot of the time you get you have to filter through people that aren't so great. I'd say you probably get about a 10% hit rate on yeah. people from auditions. And I just didn't, don't have the time for that, uh, not at the moment, so I thought I'm just going to go for people that I know are really, really good. Mm. And no, that's it what I did. It's yeah. really worked because everyone was a joy to work with. Yeah. Um, we had no hassles or dramas or anything. It was brilliant. And I guess the other thing that I've done differently uh, with this film, in the past... You know, we've we've always done stuff by ourselves, haven't we, really? And that's great, but it means that you can only go so far with it. And I've learned over the last couple of years in sort of the other work that I've done um, is that partnerships are really, really important because they're mutually beneficial for both partners. So I've been doing some work, uh, so some sort of guest lecturing, uh, with the Edge School of Creative Business at East Kent College. Uh, and I, so I was really keen to get those guys 
involved in the film because they're studying, they want to go become filmmakers themselves. But as we know, the hardest thing when you're trying to do get into the film industry is getting experience. Um, and so I thought, well, why don't I get these guys to come and shoot the film rather than just saying, oh, you can come along and be a runner or you can be, you know, you can sort of hang out with us but not really be part of the crew. I said, no, you're, you're the crew. Like, so I had... Um, Steve, who's one of the lecturers uh, at the Edge, who was just absolutely amazing. Um, he was uh, he became our D DP and was just like he's like a one man film machine basically. Uh, and he knows his shit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and we had uh, Reese uh, and Will, who are two brilliant students. Uh, they were great to work with. Um, I must admit, when we when you first mentioned uh, getting students involved, there was a, I had a slight bit of fear. Yeah. Because you always worry that you know students are not necessarily going to know what they're doing, yeah. or they might not be so professional. Yeah. But that was not the case with no. these guys. They you wouldn't believe they were what one's a first year, one's a second year. Yeah. I don't know how much experience they've got in the industry, but you know you you think they'd been doing it the whole time because they yeah. were just on on their game. You know, they were helping. Steve was, you know, obviously in charge, but they no issues or anything with them. They were great. Yeah. Um, we also had uh, James and Rebecca from Folkestone 52 Hour Film Challenge down as well. And uh, they were really, really, really helpful too. Yeah, um, understated, I think. Yeah. In their role that they played in helping this film yeah. run on time. Yeah, basically. Uh, and the other great thing about, uh, about The Edge is they've just got the top of the range equipment as well though we were using the black magic the ursa black magic we we're using redheads we we're using really good sound um it's, it's all pretty sexy yeah it was it was like a professional shoot it was a professional it was shoot. a professional shoot with very sexy equipment yeah. and very sexy cast and crew and it was really lovely for me because i'm you know i think a lot of as with a lot of filmmakers we're all sort of control freaks a little bit yes and so one, uh, what I've learned, one of the things I've learned, especially with these partnerships, is about delegating roles to other people, not going, I'm going to do everything and not do it as well. I just, by delegating to other people, it allowed me to just focus on the thing that I needed to do, which was direct. And I felt like it was probably the best directing experience I've had because I was actually directing. I wasn't thinking about you know sketches doing the lights yeah. running the I could sound. just go out the room and think about the scene yeah. or work with the actors do line reads with them and while the guys were setting up kit it was brilliant absolutely brilliant well I like to think uh, that the shoot went so well uh, because you had such a fabulous producer running everything yep. because I think without that cog that oh so important cog things would have just gone tits up well it wasn't also a producer it's underselling himself he was also the first AD he, he I, I mean yes that person was also the first AD yeah. I mean let's not beat around the bush here. it was me Yeah. I was the reason that it went so well with my uh, expert abilities and capabilities in all areas ever yeah and you're good at chasing people down with stuff yeah very good at like looking at my watch and tapping it and going come on yeah get this done now yeah because the tide's nearly gonna sweep us away yeah i mean you don't really need a watch to see that we could no. we could actually we'll get into this but yeah uh we could actually see the water at our feet mm. um but yeah so i produced sirens bay if that hadn't become clear already um for many years, we've tried to find a producer who would do this for us. Yeah. 
with very little success in trying to find someone who just wants to produce. Yeah. They're like gold. Yeah. Like really like magic gold that's yeah. rarer than real gold. Always believe in your soul. Exactly. I mean, if we had Spandau Ballet, that would be amazing. But yeah. they don't want to be producers. That's the thing. No. So we've kind of taken it upon ourselves to basically produce our own stuff, even though we don't like that. With the idea being that we'll help each other out. So you uh, you wrote and directed this film, so I produced it. It's not my favourite thing in the world, but I think it went okay. I tell you what, mate, you're really you're a really good producer. I don't I know, want to be a good I, producer. I know that you. I know it's not your thing, and you don't want to. But you're a much better producer than I am. Because well, you're much more organised than I am. Not especially. It was just a case of I had to be for the film to work. Yeah, but you are better at that. You're you, you've got a better you've got more of a producer's personality than I have. Yeah, but I don't want to do it. Don't make me do it. I, don't I, I won't make you do it. <laughs> There was, I mean, there was a point uh, that I woke up at three in the morning thinking about what we had to do and what was going to go wrong and how to fix everything. Um, so I don't enjoy the process of producing, but you know, it it was, it still went. To, I still enjoyed being on set and involved. So I, I enjoyed the first AD more than I did the producing. To be fair, it's a really useful skill to have because mm. if you're an in- indie filmmaker, you have to be able to produce and direct and edit and do everything. So. I think we'll always be sort of co-producing all the films we make, even so. if we get someone else on board. We'll still need to have a hand at that too, and yeah. we we've done it a lot, and we're just just one of the things you have to do. Yeah, know? absolutely. I think it would just click for us when we meet that person who who wants to produce and is happy to work with us, and they can do all the like the chasing up the funding and the stuff that we're actually quite bad at scheduling, scheduling budgets, and budgets, and. Getting everyone where they need to be. And sandwiches. Sandwiches. Chris oh, Bar and Apple. Why we should go and get a sandwich? I'm hungry. Um, so, hashtag podcast peeps. Podcast peeps. <laughs> Hi. So, that was kind of the setup to Sirens Bay. Uh, we originally, we shot over this past weekend, which was actually yesterday, which would explain why we're still so tired. All well, my troubles seem so far away. Uh, no, they would have been there on that day, because that's when the trouble was. That's when we made the film. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Um, so originally we were going to shoot over three days. We had the Friday, the Saturday and the Sunday planned. Unfortunately we had to lose the Friday. Yeah. But we had two days. It meant a very early start on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. I was up at 4.15am. Yeah. Hating life and regretting every single decision I ever made that led me to become a creative. Um, and we were filming on the coast at first light. Yeah, that was the, Warren. yeah. the Warren. Yeah, we, we were the first people to turn up there, and there was a point where it felt like the start of a horror movie. <laughs> and I thought maybe it's a bit Blair Witch. We've come here to make a horror movie, but actually we're just going to get murdered in this car. It was exactly like because we the Warren is kind of like on the coast, but it's not beach, is it? You no, wouldn't go, you wouldn't go there for a summer holiday sort of thing. It's uh, well, it's a nature reserve, so yeah. there's no uh, there's no residents there at no. all, except there was just one car- lonely caravan with a light gleaming from it. Well, that was the thing. It was pitch black, and we just had this little torch on our phone just to guide us down these like little country narrow lanes. Yeah, and we saw a creature in the distance. Yeah, and yeah, bear in mind it's six in the morning. We're not quite with it yet. We just we just held on to each other for dear life because it was obviously bigger than a fox. Yeah. And smaller than a cat. Smaller than a cat, but bigger than a fox. No, that's not right. It was bigger than both. Slipperier than a fish. It was like someone got a fox and sellotaped a bunch of large cats to it. Yeah, that's right. But we really, we I genuinely had a freaky moment of like, what is that? Is it going to kill us? I have a, I have a slight fear of of 
stray dogs as well. Well, it turned out to be a dog. Yeah. And then we were like, why is there a, a strange dog roaming the countryside at yeah. six in the morning? The hound. The hound of the Baskervilles. Exactly. Was it real? Was it a ghost dog sent yeah. here to end us? Why, the samurai? Yeah. I mean, I was worried. And then it turned out that it was a really old golden retriever with a limp. Yeah. And it was the guy in the caravan. Yeah. And everything was all right. Yeah. But there was a point where I nearly ran. So that was a good start to the day, I found. Yeah. Um, but then the rest of the cast and the crew, well, the cast turned up at least, uh, the crew, sorry, turned up, and we made a start, we set up, we got our base camp going. It took a little while to get one of the tents up. I had one tent, which was amazing, which was not my tent, it was Melissa's tent, it was a pop-up tent. I love pop-up tents. It's a way of the future. Yeah. Uh, you just pop them up, it's brilliant. But then I had my tent, which I hadn't used in about three years, and it had just mud everywhere, and it was just absolute nightmare to get up it took about four of us to get it up yeah but it was good good that we did because it was very rainy wasn't it um, it was drizzly yeah. yeah and it was cold yeah um but i'm I'm glad i missed all that because um while you guys were doing that i got to drive off to pick up our lead actress who yeah. was uh, miss naomi cooper davis yeah um but then i got lost on the way out because i was tired and didn't know where i was um but eventually i found my way out and realized i was in a place that i knew really well uh, and we got our actress down there, and our second actress, Lucy Freeman, turned up as well. Yeah. And then that's when the, the gold started, the magic. Yeah, and everyone was amazing, but like, hats off to Lucy. She spent <laughs> the whole of the shoot uh, pouring cold water over herself. In the middle of October, because she, she was meant a great to, deal. She, she is meant to be someone that has. Uh, has come out of the sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's a spoiler. No. But uh, so she had to be wet for the whole of the shoot. So to do that, between each take, she'd have we count it off one, two, three, and she'd pour water, like a it was like the ice bucket challenge, basically. Yeah, pretty much. But in the freezing rain in and by not the for, sea, not for a good cause. No, or, nothing no. under that. Just for us. So, uh, but she was well up for it, and she loved it, and she's. People like that are an absolute joy to work with because they just get on with it and have a laugh and don't, you know, just amazing. And I say that about all of our lovely actresses. Uh, They were all brilliant to work with uh, and they had great chemistry even though none of them had met each other before. Uh, And, yeah, it's... What, exact, I want to work with people like that all the time. Exactly, basically. you want to go back and work with them again, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I'd, I'd work I, in a heartbeat. I'd work with any of those people again. Easy, yeah. Um, I felt like I nagged Lucy a little bit because I was just like, "Are you warm? Are you warm? Do you want some more layers? Like, do you mm. want, don't die. Like, seriously, yeah. are you cold? Do you want some more? Yeah. Um, but I think she was okay. You know? She was fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully, she went home and had a nice hot shower and didn't die of hypothermia. Well, I haven't heard from her. I since. have. So oh, that's I think good. she's okay. Oh, that's so good. that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Lucy survived. Yeah. Um, so we were filming on the coast, which was fun because the weather forecast the day before and that morning told us we were going to have rain. Yeah. Just all day rain. Yeah. So again, as a producer, that was quite worrying for me. I had to yeah. make sure that we had somewhere for the equipment to go to keep it dry and also a contingency plan in case it did pour with rain. Yeah. Which would have been uh, to get up again at quarter past four on the Sunday and go back and shoot the rest of what we needed. Yeah. Thankfully, the rain held off for the most part. It got a bit drizzly towards the end. Yeah. But not to the point where we had to abandon the shoot. Yeah. The tide did come in. <laughs> yeah, it came in a bit earlier than we originally planned. Yeah, I just love the fact that we were on our last shot and the tide's lapping against our feet as we're just yeah. trying to get it in the can. Yeah. And just as we yelled cut, the water comes in and just covers the bottom of the tripod. Yeah, yeah. And we all had to get out of there pretty sharpish. 
Yeah. It did come in quick, though. It was funny, uh, also, the couple of there, towards the end, those last couple of shots, because you're on a sandy beach, we were all starting to sink in the sand as well. <laughs> so I had this image of just like clinging onto the tripod as it sort of was sinking into the sea. Uh, that would have that would have been an interesting film. We yeah. would have filmed that. Although yeah. then we would all would have been sinking into that wouldn't be good. Yeah. I don't think there was one of us that didn't have soggy feet that day. No. I think we were all cold. I dropped my phone into the water it and, and it's not recovered since. There's the casualty of the shoot. Maybe yeah. we should dedicate the film to your phone. At the end we'll put a little dedication in. <laughs> That would be very 21st century, wouldn't it? To have a memorial yes. to modern technology. Uh, Godspeed, Apple, yeah. iPhone 4, yeah. whatever it yeah. was. To, in the memory of Siri. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully we got all the shots we wanted on the beach, so we could uh, finish up there. And then we moved on to our second location for the day, which was, uh, well, an old church, I guess, an old chapel. Yeah, it's called the chapel. It's on the camp- East Kent College campus, and... When it's now been converted into a cafe, and when it, when I would do my uh, you know come in as a guest lecturer, um, I'd always go in there to get my soy latte. Uh, pretentious type. I just don't. Dairy doesn't agree with me. All right. He's just pretentious with your iPhone. Yeah. And your soy latte. Yeah. And your uh, slippers. And my glasses that I don't need. I don't wear glasses. They're invisible. Um, <laughs> But what's lovely about that going in there is that the stained glass and the light coming through. And when I went in there, and I, I I knew that that was where somewhere I wanted to film, uh, and I sort of wrote it with that with that location in mind. The scene in the library, I thought that'd be brilliant. Um, it worked really well. It works location. really well from a producer's standpoint. I really liked that we were indoors. Yeah, and we could control all the elements, all the light, and it was warm and dry, and my feet, well, they were still wet, but they weren't going to get wetter. Yeah, it's it's much nicer. It was like being on a set rather than on location. Yeah, because we had it was all closed up, and we had complete freedom and control to do what we wanted. Yeah, and went really well. I don't yeah. have any problems. And um, that was the scene with Sue, wasn't it? Yeah, Sue uh, Sue Blakesley. Yeah, who plays a character called the Oracle. Yeah, um, very mysterious. And was quite scary as well. Yeah. Like we've known Sue for years. She's actually one of our friends' mothers, and we've worked for her. She's well, worked it's for his us. Mother. She hasn't got more than one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he might do. You don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm tired. One <laughs> <laughs> of um, <if> his mothers. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a really, really lovely lady. Yeah. I know her very well. And so when she started doing all the scary faces and stuff, I was legitimately quite freaked out. And yeah. Naomi was as well, actually, yeah. alongside her. She had a lot of uh, what-the-fuck reactions to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, Naomi spends the whole film looking <laughs> with a what-the-fuck reaction what on is, her face. What is going on? Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what the film's about. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, but that was a... We went really well. I was really happy with that shoot. No issues. Um, and we finished pretty early, which mm. meant we could go to a third location for the day. I penciled in a shoot at a train station, which is about a 15-20 minute drive away. Yeah. Um, and pencil it in for the afternoon in case we happen to finish early. We could go and grab some shots. Uh, and we did. We managed to get across and we got everything that we needed there. And nothing else happened on that location. Nothing else that we need to mention on the podcast at all. We can move straight on. Oh, right. What What about the other thing? No, nothing the, else happened. The, what, the, when you fell asleep at the wheel? No. I, uh, well, yeah, I, te- I technically did fall asleep at the wheel, oh, yeah. but the, the van wasn't in motion at the time. It could have been, though, couldn't it? No, I wouldn't have fallen asleep then. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I was so tired. Yeah. 
so what happened all right we'll, we'll tell the story then yeah so what happened was is we were doing a sort of edgar wright style transition shot where i would drive the van that we were using for the equipment past the camera they call it a wipe, I believe. Yes, a wipe. Yes, yeah. this is what we call it in the industry. Yeah. A blue van wipe. Yeah. And so I did that, and I was just parked up at the entrance to this train station, and we were just resetting to go again. And I was just sitting in my van, and uh, next thing I knew, uh, I looked up, and there was another van in front of me looking at me like I was the weirdest guy in the world, because he wanted to get into the train station car park, yeah. and I was blocking the way. Yeah. And I just happened to be asleep yeah. in the van, between takes and I had no I was having a lovely snooze didn't know what was going on he probably thought you'd had a heart attack at the wheel possibly yeah but yeah. he didn't seem very you know keen to come and help me no empathy no just like he's dead yeah just stare at him for a bit <laughs> but uh, yeah I was very tired so I had a little snooze between takes yeah anyway so that was the first day of shooting on Sirens Bay um, I was really pleased really really pleased with what we got um, yeah it was a really good day no major issues um, and I went to bed, went to sleep at eight o'clock that night. Yeah. And slept through to about seven when I was up for the next day for the second day of shooting. Yeah. Of Sirens Bay, which we did here where we are now, which is your flat. Yes. Yeah. I uh, I picked the flat uh, mainly out of convenience. Uh, I have to be honest, but it worked really, really well. Um, it's worth pointing out that we had no budget for this film. We, yeah. We made it on no money. Yeah. Yeah, but it worked really well. I, I knew the space would work well and it would do what I wanted it to do. So I picked this location. It's a, The thing that really brought home to me, though, is I, 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 it was good to be in a controlled environment, but I don't think I'd ever film in my own home again because you always forget how much chaos a film crew brings to a location. I don't have that sort of emotional connection in other situations, but I, we literally tore the whole place apart uh, in terms of moving stuff around, you know, getting things right. Had to move. It was like moving again. It was like the trauma of moving in again. We had to turn your flat into a, a guest house, yeah. essentially. So I think we did well with. I mean, everything we used was basically stuff we got from your kitchen. Yeah. And I think it. Like, when you see it on film, I don't think you'll you'll notice that it's actually someone's living room. Yeah. I think we dressed it really well. Yeah, yeah. But there was a lot of, like, move that over yeah. here, but we got to Basically, take that out. Basically, we shoved everything from one side <laughs> of the room into the other. Yeah. Um, and then all the equipment, and then all the crew. Yeah, yeah. They all had to be on that side, too. So, <clears throat> it was quite, sort of, full on, uh, but uh, we got everything we needed, just about. We had to cut a scene. We cut a scene. Um... um yeah, we were a bit pressed for time. I was a little bit... Uh, I felt like I was riding and a bit serious. I felt like I was riding everyone and was a bit serious yeah. uh, towards the end of the day because I just wanted to make sure at the, we got, at the very least, what we needed. Yeah. If, if we had been really nice, we'd be a time to do the scene in the bathroom. Yeah. But luckily, we were able to incorporate that, that into one shot. Yeah. I think we had three setups in the bathroom. Yeah. And we managed to incorporate that into one shot yeah. in, in the bedroom. Which I think, again, we didn't just purely make that decision for time. There was also a, a creative element to that yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I didn't think the scene was necessary. I thought it might actually slow the pace down. I know these are decisions, in ideally, that you would make in the editing room but rather than on shoot. But I think that I would have made that choice anyway. So, 
And also, it was the first day that we got to work with uh, the fourth actress in our film, uh, Lisa Williamson, yeah. who is just a d- delightful. Yeah. I love Lisa. I think she's great. Yeah. She's just chatty and just and really professional as well. Yeah. Sometimes when between takes, when you see actors just having a chat and it's all really nice, you're like, oh, are you in character? Is it going to yeah. go well? And then you call action and they're, they're, they're the character. And that's exactly what we got from uh, Lisa and Naomi. Yeah, all of all of them are really, really down to earth people, real, real people. I know Lisa through through work, uh, a job. You know, I work at with a charity, and she's a therapist, um, and she's very, very. She's you know had a very prolific career. Mm. She was a she was one of the regulars uh, of the original cast of Hollyoaks, uh, so. She was a big, big household name at one time, uh, and she's worked with loads of really amazing people. Um, but she doesn't sort of. She's not a bragger. She's just an ordinary. You know, she's a real person who just sort of. And she put as she. You get the impression that she put as she put as much effort into this as she would anything else, because sometimes with actors if they you know they're professionals and, and they get paid work regularly they if you're offering an unpaid role they might feel like oh i don't need to put quite so much effort oh, in them, or, yeah but didn't get that from lisa at all or naomi or any of the guys uh they give it they gave it as much welly as they would if they were getting paid so, so welly yeah okay what's wrong with saying welly nothing continue have you got a problem with wellies? No, I like. I, I should get a pair of wellies, absolutely, and I'll give them some welly. What colour wellies would you get? I'll get the frog ones, obviously. Why? Ooh, what other kind of wellies are there? Like green ones that you wear in the garden when you're yeah, digging the green your ones potatoes. With the frog face on the bottom. Frog face? Yeah. That's cruel. It's not, it's not, you obsessed. don't get a real frog instead of tape its head onto it. I mean, you know the ones you had when you were a kid? I didn't have any of those. Well, you had a shit childhood then, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> this is, you know, Oof. you know, God. are you bringing this up? You're bringing this up on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't have a shit childhood, by the way. I just want to make that very clear to the podcast peeps. Uh, I just thought I'd say it for a comic value. For a comedic value. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's fine. So uh, getting back from traumatic childhoods and getting back from wellies and getting back to Sirens Bay. Oh yeah, that's what we were talking, that's what about. We're talking about. I needed a pair of wellies for Sirens Bay, no. especially when we're oh, shooting yeah. on the Warren. Next time we shoot in the ocean, essentially, yeah. we'll get wellies. Yeah, I've got frog faces on them. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, well, that's pretty much it for the Sunday. Like we were in just one, the one location for the whole day. Uh, we did run out of a bit of time. There was a lot of setting up because we had a lot of lighting setups as well, angle changes. And it was. That sort of thing. It was a different set of challenges. It was. Uh, yeah. On Saturday, it was about the challenges <coughs> of shooting on location. So all those unpredictable elements like weather, dog walkers, uh, and lights, and all of the things you can't control. Basically, uh, I had spe- especially loved the fact we when we were setting up our first shot. This dog just came into the middle of the shot and did a massive shit <laughs> in, on the shot. Lucky. Luckily, it wasn't in this area where Lucy was laying on the beach. Also, not an omen. Yeah, for the rest of the film. No, but I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that's the sort of thing you deal with when you're shooting on location. Did we film that? It's probably on. Yeah, probably that somewhere. We should do something. Yeah, like that. yeah. But the second day was more challenging because there was more dialogue and there's more acting. There's more things that we needed to film. 
There were focus pulls, light yeah. changes, movements, getting, dialogue. Getting all the coverage from all the different angles. Yeah. So when you've got a scene with two characters talking, you've got to make sure you've got a long shot, a mid shot, singles, you know, all of those sort of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to make the scene work. So you've got more options when, when it comes to the edits. So there was a lot more stuff we needed to film and we had less time to do it as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So uh, definitely working on time restraints. Um, but the exciting news is, is in about ten minutes we're going to go and watch the rushes. We are, which is very exciting because we've we've seen it on camera and obviously we've seen the performances live. But yeah. it's very different to actually see it on the screen. Well, and yeah, and the thing is, I'm <clears throat> I'm always one for I never like to watch the rushes back on the same day I've shot them. So I know that some people, especially with digital technology, you can pretty much edit on. Yeah, you can edit as yeah, you go yeah. along. I'm not a big fan of that because uh, I like when you're filming, you've got your thinking, uh, you've got your filming head on, and then when you're editing, you, I think to get the best approach, you need to be more objective and look at it, watch the footage off its own back without like all of the things that you relate to. Because there, for example, there might be a shot that you really in had a lot of uh, appreciation for. Uh, when you felt filmed it, you really or you worked really hard to get the shot, um, and that might sway your judgment of whether you use it or not. But when you, if when you're editing and you don't have that connection and it doesn't work, you you can just it goes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, completely. So agree. it's being about being having that slight objectivity to what you filmed. So I think a day at least to go back and watch it, absolutely. hopefully afresh. So that was our shoot days, or shoot days, for yeah. Sirens Bay. When can we expect to see the finished film? Very good question, Chip. Thank you, Dom. Uh, well, I'm hoping... I, I, the thing is, what I normally do is I'm... Because I've, I'm so eager to get the film finished and out there... Eager beaver. Yeah. I tend to rush the post-production. Um, this time I've decided to do it the other way around... Uh, I've rushed the shoot <laughs> and uh, I am taking my sweet time on the post-production uh, but I've set myself the deadline of hopefully getting it done for the end of this year um, because... An achievable goal. An achievable goal. It gives me a couple of months or a month and a half or whatever um, to get, the, get it done. Um, the reason is I want to get it into a few... I I want this. This is a, the most ambitious film I've worked on, uh, with the best cast and with looking the best, you know, best looking film I've ever shot. Best looking cast and the best looking cast. Um, so I want to use this to to step it up to the next level. We, you know, we've we've had lots of films at film festivals, which is lovely. Getting film screened, lovely, but after that. After that, they just disappear, don't they? Yeah, it's time and, to make some waves, boy. Yeah, so we. Uh, Ow. <laughs> so we want to start hit doing the major league now. So I want to, you know, start submitting to Cannes, Berlin, you know, Raindance, Sundance, Toronto, all of those big indie film festivals. So we start getting our names out there, so we can use it as a, a calling card to then hopefully get some funding to make a feature film. That's that's the plan. Uh, uh, but I'm not going to go to Cannes. You, you don't have to go to Cannes. I don't Can. want to. I hate Cannes so much. How can you hate something you don't know? Well, I do know it. You don't know it? I do know it. 
this is the thing. Well, this is another story for another time. But I, I guess, I, yeah, I know what you're saying, but there is we. If we want to progress in what we're doing, we have to get a bit more business minded. Yeah, still not going to Cannes. Fine, I'm going to go to Cannes. You go to Cannes. Have but a lovely time. I will. Good. Right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hashtag podcast beeps. Uh, just to wrap it up. If you have any questions about Sirens Bay or about the production or the post-production or the pre-production or anything related to what we've been talking about today, get in touch. We're on the Twitter. Dom, what is your personal Twitter account? At Dom, P-I-L-L-A-I. And I'm at Topsit underscore film. We're also at Just to Ride Films on the Twitter. We have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Just to Ride Films, I think. Yeah, maybe we have a website which is justrightfilms.co.uk, which is full of exciting things and like a sweet shop, but for movie websites. Uh, what type of sweets? Oh, uh, uh, what are some nice ones that you like? Coda cubes. Oh, I'll get a coke. I'm gonna go coda cubes because you know they're coda sh- cubes. Coda cubes. They're tasty, but you know if you get the corner stuck in your throat, they're also a bit painful. Oh, what about cola bottles? Can we have the sugary ones? Yeah. All right. Sugary cola bottles, <laughs> um, and please do come and subscribe to us on uh, iTunes because that is where our podcast is hosted. And the more subscribers we get on there, the higher up, the- and the more we can support independent film artists such as ourselves and all the ones that we review the short films of, which would be lovely because it's a thing we like to do. Yeah, we do, and hopefully, you know, just say hi and maybe you can be our friends and tell us what sort of wellies you like and we'll be back next time with our regularly scheduled formatted podcast full of film reviews and film stuffs and uh, film stuffs wordy word word words yeah and um, yeah maybe maybe we can tell them about how what we thought of the footage that would be excellent we will update them on the progress of Sirens Bay in future episodes alright then that means they'll come back because they'll want to know they'll yes let's co- let's do that you said that in a very strange way <laughs> yes I did I don't I'm a tired a bit like Hal from 2001 <laughs> <laughs> stop Dave stop please stop Dave what are you doing Dave we'll see you next week bye stop Dave stop